It's showtime, baby. Let's go. Woo! Strawberry Ice. I'm your host, the Iceman, Jeff Trunapal, and as always, I bring you sports from the West Side Point of View right here in the great city of Cincinnati, Ohio, home of the first professional baseball team, the Cincinnati Reds, and next year's Super Bowl champs. Don't you forget it. What's up to everybody? Uh, checking the show out. Do me a favor. Hit that, those thumbs up. Smash that, or hit the like, subscribe, smash that thumbs up. I'm live streaming on YouTube. Get to the right page here. YouTube, ZTV Online, Facebook, X, Rumble. And if you're watching or listening, not watching, how would you watch on a podcast? Listening on the podcast. Uh, check it out. It's on Beanpod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. All right. Today's day, Pitchers and Catchers Report. The freaking Chiefs won a Super Bowl. We get them the hell out of here. You, if, if you really want to know how bad Chiefs fans are, just go to my Twitter page. I posted one thing that I got off Facebook or Instagram that a Chiefs fan made and said, this is why we don't like the Chiefs fan. And I, it's blown up. It's like, I don't know, 100,000 uh, views and I don't know how many comments on it. And 90% of them are Chiefs fans. And they're like, well, you don't have any rings. You don't have this. Like, again, you came to my page. I didn't put this out to find you. I just put this out there saying this is why Chiefs fans are annoying. Anyway, so, uh, like I said, pitchers and catchers uh, report today. You see, the Bearcats are playing tonight. I hope to God they win. They Like, you see has come so freaking close. Like, they could literally be undefeated in the Big 12. I mean, they the games they've lost is between four, two and four points. I mean, it is so just frustrating and, and exciting all at the same time because we're close, you know? I don't know if we're going to get to the tournament this year because I don't think we have enough wins, but... You can actually watch the show tonight, the game, on ESPN2. They're playing uh, Iowa State at 7 o'clock tonight. Make sure you go check it out. Like I said, pitchers and catchers report today. Also, it came out, some people reported that the Bengals are possibly, most likely, going to tag T. Higgins. And I thought it was kind of funny that some people sounded shocked by this. I'm like, that's the move I, what they were most likely going to do. I mean, I hope they re-sign him, but with David Mulligan up being his agent, I've said this for the last two years, once I realized he was his agent, there's not a very good ch chance that he's going to let T resign unless T Higgins says, dude, I want to stay here. Unless T says that, I, I, this might be T's last year as a bagel. I hope not. T said he wants to be here, but, you know, he's also said it's up to his agent too, so. We'll see what's up. What, what's, ha what's happening there? What's up there, everybody in the chat? Uh, we got Darts in there, Strangers in there, uh, Johnny Paps. What's up, Augie, my boy, and Jeremy? What is going on, boys? All right, let's get to 
my man here. Game on. I haven't had him on in so long. He's blown up. He's actually got his own gig with Chatterbox Sports now. I mean, he's kind of leaving little peons like me behind. He's on on Spaces every day. So you guys can talk to, her and talk to him and argue about football with him or whatever you want. He's a great dude. Let's get the game on. G-Buddy, what up? What's going on, man? How are we doing? Good, brother. Good. I'm I'm excited. I'm in Reds today because it's it's Reds, you know, not opening day, but pitchers and catchers reported. So I'm excited. I'm like, I the freaking Queefs won the daggone Super Bowl, which I didn't want them to do. So I'm ready to move on to baseball. I mean, to be honest. But let's let's get this real quick here with, with um with the Bengals here. With the, the reports coming out that, you know, it sounds like the Bengals are most likely to tag T. Higgins, I just found it funny that some people on Twitter and Facebook sounded like they were shocked by that. I'm like, I thought that was the move that was going to happen. That was the most, you know, not logical, but the the, the, the one that was probably most likely going to happen. What, what What's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think this is the most likely outcome for both parties. And I, honestly, Jeff, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if the Bengals double tag T. This is a yeah, place he loves to be. He said it numerous times. He loves being here. He loves, you know, playing with Joe and Jamar. I could see a situation where if we end up extending Jamar, we end up freeing up a little cash on the back end for next year. I could see a situation where it could be a double tag for T. I, dude, I, I, honestly, I never even thought about that to be honest. But yeah, this could be the first time because I don't think the Bengals. Off the top of my head, I don't think they've ever double tagged anybody. People forget you can actually do that. You can tag them twice. Because yeah. uh, uh, the uh, oh crud, what's this? the the quarterback for the uh, Vikings who was with the Commanders? They, the Commanders, well, it was the Redskins. They, they tagged him twice, and then he finally got out and got his bag and went Lamar. to Minnesota. Lamar yeah. was tagged twice. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Lamar was tagged twice. So there you go. So it, it, it's it's a very that, honestly that's a very good possibility and and game on like dude I'm getting sick and tired of these national media guys just throwing T Higgins out there like oh he's a free agent they go sign him I'm like like dude seriously the Bengals are not gonna just let him leave I'm like do you really think he's actually he's not really a free agent they're gonna tag him if he they can't sign him I mean do do you find that that they keep just throwing his name out there like you know, hey, yeah, oh, T. Higgins, he, he can go to, to the Chiefs or he can go to Tennessee or whatever. Like, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be in a Bengals uniform next year. Slow time right now in the offseason. Got to have something to talk about. T. Higgins, unfortunately, is the guy that everybody wants to know. Well, what's going to happen with him? Is he going to sign long-term? Is he going to be tagged? Is he going to be traded? You guys already know as well as I do. Mike Brown's not giving him up unless right. he gets gold on top right. of that, right? right. And then the Bengals, exactly. the, the Bengals at the very least, like if you're telling me, Jeff, let's just think about this from a logistical standpoint, right? Yeah. If you're yeah. telling me that you're only going to give a second for T. Higgins at this point, maybe even a mid-second, the Bengals are just going to say, all right, well, we're just going to tag him, and then the following year we're going to get a compensatory third-round pick and or we're going to tag him again if we feel right. like we haven't right. addressed the position for the future. Yeah, Easiest exactly. way that's, to do it. Yeah, I mean, and like I said, I'm, I'm capable. I never thought about the double tag, but yeah, that's that's a great point. So, uh, T is here at least next year, maybe the year after that. Now the thing is, with double tagging him, you're going to spend a lot of money on two wide receivers because they are going to sign Jamar. That's going to happen. I'm not. So they, if you tag T twice gonna... and you get thirty million or whatever for Jamar, that's a lot of money. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It, it, 
and it, think about that only as cash, right? And the way that I think about it is from an accounting approach, from an accounting standpoint of that'll be Jamar's first year on the new deal. He'll actually have small dollars in terms of cap space uh, committed right. to him. So the cash is going to be up front. There's going to be a lot of cash to Jamar, but that first year is going to be very small. So that's where it would work to have both of them maybe in that 32 mil range, maybe 34 mil range together. And the thing is, too, is what we don't know, and Burrow came out and said this in his press conference, that there's things in his contract to help, you know, move stuff around or do something. He, he kind of generalized it, but there's something in the contract that he did that he could help with T. Higgins, Jamar Chase. I mean, he didn't come out, and Joe's never going to come out and say, oh, I deferred a whole bunch of money. They didn't say it. But there are, he did hit that there's things in there that they could do to help move stuff around. So that's also a thing I, I, I keep, you know, in the back of my head. Like, Joe did say that. I'll say this, man. I mean, like, people are, are making a big deal out of the whole cap situation, and the Bengals have been flexible in the past with cap, but we are in a new era of football where the Bengals really need to be thinking more about cash, right? Right. And how they can structure their contracts in order to be able to pay players, but also how they can pay players in multiples, how they can play, pay multiple players upfront cash and be able to conserve on the back end. So the Bengals are certainly looking at that right now in ways where, hey, we could pay this guy upfront 64 or, you know, 35 or whatever, millions of dollars. And that way we can save on the cap flexibility on the back end and be able to keep this player for the long term. So it's something that, you know, the Browns have perfected in the way that they've restructured deals and been able to play, pay players up front. It's something that the Bengals really need to think about and how they structure their contracts in order to pay players and keep these guys for around the long term. The cap situation, I get it, but the team, they're making so much money right now, Jeff. We should not be making excuses no. for this team. They should no, be able they, to they got, what, $59 million, uh, to spend this year? Is that, that what, I, what I read? Is that what they want? And, and that's a conservative number. Yeah. Let's be honest. That's a conservative number. My estimation prior to the season getting the deal done with Amazon and everything, they were going to be at the 256 cap mark, which was going to put them at $84 million in cap space. And if they do, if they do with a lot of cash up front, that's not as big. Or, or does the cash up front, does that count toward your salary cap, or is that that free and clear? Cash up front is a signing bonus. It basically means, hey, we're going to spread this money throughout the contract, right? So each right. year we're going right. to take a portion of that, and uh, you know that's what it's going to be. But and on on top of that will be your base salary, right? So however they and they usually structure it small to high because as you think about it. As time goes along, you know, that, that cap space is going to go up. That cap number is going to go up. We should be paying that player more money on the cap. Right, exactly. Now, I got uh, a couple quick. Let's see here. What was, oh, yeah. Andrew, now, this, I don't think we're going to have a problem with this. Uh, like I said, what kind of attitude is he going to have if you tag him twice? He's going to get a shit ton of money. <laughs> if they tag him, it's, it's top five money. So he can't be that upset about it. I mean, I know he wants a long-term contract and he wants the stability, but I just don't. And I've met T before. I met his mom. I met his dad before he passed away. I don't. I mean, I don't know T personally or anything, but I just don't see him going. Oh, well, they tagged me, and I'm you know I'm gonna be ticked off. He wants to win a Super Bowl. These guys want yeah. to win a Super Bowl. He, I think if he gets tagged, he's like, all right, well then you know he probably he's gonna be happy about it. Of course not, but. I think he'll come in. I, he might miss some training camp. I don't know. But I think he's going to come in and play 
just like Jesse yeah. Bates did when they tagged him. So I don't think it's really going to be a, a problem. One thing that people need to understand about the Bengals is that they appreciate players and they build foundations. They build relationships with these players to where they want to play for the Bengals. I, the money is what it is. The kid wants to get paid. I understand that. But as A.J. Green once said, I'm not leaving money on the table. And I don't think T. Higgins would either. Yeah, that's the, that's the other thing. I, see, that's the thing where I'm like, I try to read the tea leaves of what they say and everything of the one which and T hasn't really said it, but Jamar said it the other day on somebody's show that money's I, I, I'm kind of phrasing. I, I don't know exactly how he said it, but money is nice, but he really wants to win. That's more important to him than winning. And what I've said this, we were talking about this before compared to Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill wouldn't got all kinds of money. Well, Travis Kelsey has turned himself into a hall of fame Tight end because he's won back to back Super Bowls. So he's got three now. Tyreek's only got one Super Bowl, and and uh, Kelsey's got all all this endorsements and all this stuff. That was even before uh, he started dating Taylor Swift. Tyreek Hill is still a great wide receiver. He's still one of the best wide receivers in full, but he's not up there in the upper echelon like Travis Kelsey is. And if he was with the Chiefs, he would be. And that's the thing that I, I'm hoping these guys. Remember, and it's not because you want a legacy. You know, you, you want the money, but you want to win championships. And Corey Dillon's been on my show a million times on here. He's like, dude, he goes, I wanted to win a Super Bowl. He said, that's what reason you got in this game for is to yeah. win a freaking Super Bowl. He goes, I got enough money. He's, I want a Super Bowl. That's one of the reasons, you know, he wants to do it. He wanted to win. So that's 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 where I think some of these guys and these agents get in their head going, money, 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 money. Because the more money that the player gets, the more money the agent gets, and all the agent cares about is getting the most money for his 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 player, which is what he's supposed to do. He or she is supposed to do. Right. That's where and Corey's even said this. Where this where the the, the players, some guys, got to step up and say, "Look, dude, you work for me. I want to get paid. You know what I'm worth. You know, but I want to stay here." And that's where I, I like I said, this might be a pipe dream. This might be me looking at everything through orange colored sunglasses, like I do. But that's what I kind of hear with these guys sometimes. And people are like, well, Joe Burrow took as much money as he could. Yeah, but we don't know what the the, the, the things he has in place are. You know, he could, I don't know if he's give money back or defer money or whatever. There's stuff set in there that you can work around this cap to make this work. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, I think with, with what you just said, right, Ace, we talk about, T. Higgins, I think we're talking about guys who have not been paid the big one, right? T. Higgins right. last year he played on $4 million. I think that's when the money comes into consideration. When you're a young age, you want to get that first bag, you know, regardless of the situation. But I think there's people, though, that also think the way that you said, uh, which is, hey, like, I could take more money and play for a team that's probably not going to compete for a championship anytime soon. Or I can play on a team that continues to compete for championships and continues to be a contender. And, and and maybe I won't make top dollar, but I'll make some money to where I can feel comfortable about where I'm at. And so I think that's the decision that every football player needs to make right now. Uh, fortunately for T, you know, he, he has competed in the past like a top 10 wide receiver. Uh, so, you know, his, his, his trade value is still really, really high for him. I think it's, it's going to be a sit down with the team where he's just got to decide, does he want to be here? 
for the long term or not. And if it's not, it's going to be on that tag and, and, and figuring out where he wants to go after that. One of the things, like I said before, one of the things these players do is the Bengals give them a mutual agreement where they say, all right, tag, we'll play this year, but the following year we'll let you walk, we'll let you find your team, right? Or, hey, if we trade you, we want to trade you to a team you want to go to because we appreciate what you did for our organization. You're not going to find that in many teams. Some teams just treat a player like they're a number and just say, hey, like we need two firsts for this guy, and we're not going to budge from that. And we don't care if the player's happy with us or not. Right. So you gotta love you gotta love the situation that that the Bengals and T are in. They both want to to play with one another. Like T wants to be here. The Bengals want to pay him. And the thing is too, you gotta remember that these guys, like I said, it's money and winning championships. And you got a guy like Patrick Mahomes that nobody can beat except um um um, um oh yeah this guy right here Joe Burrow Jack, Jackpot this guy right here. He's one in Mahomes is one in three versus Joe. I mean, I keep pointing that out, and everybody's like, "Oh well, yeah, look at our rings, look at this." I'm like, he's the only dude that's beat Mahomes, and he beat him three times in a row up until last year, when yeah, you know, we well, but there there were some some referee help there. I mean, you know, it, it was a close game. I'm, I'm not saying that's the reason we lost, but it did help the Chiefs. But that's the thing too. He's like, you got a chance to be here and and. and, and be that team that knocks them off. Because I mean, look at look at uh, Jermaine Illuminor. How, how, his his tweets, how he can't stand the the, the Chiefs. He said, he, you know, three peat my ass, and and he, you know he wants to go somewhere or what you know to beat uh, the Chiefs. Uh, to me, T leaves say he wants to come here, but we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens. That's the thing. These guys are competitive. So they're, yeah. and, and and like I said, how people want to be here. I mean, just listen to Brian Callahan on what he said in his press conference and the emotions. That were were genuine. They're coming through him from you know talking about Zach Taylor, talking about the the the, the Brown, the Blackburn family of, of how it is a family here and how Zach and, and, and Joe Burrow have changed the culture here. That is something that is getting around the NFL. And, and you, you want to be here. It's a great locker room. You can get paid and you can win win some rings. That's something that I'm hoping these guys. I think they realize it, but that's. Rare in this in this NFL right now. It's rare to find that combination that we have right here in Cincinnati. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think you know Trey Hendrickson, Jermaine Pratt, Logan Wilson. I think they had that in consideration before right. they signed their deals. Like we love it here. We love money. the atmosphere. Yeah, but Hendrickson. I mean, you look at that contract now, and you look at the numbers that he just put up. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Bosa just got paid. I think Bosa was like thirty-five, thirty-seven million. Right. And Hendrickson right. is at twenty. I mean, there's something to be said for that. The Bengals are just, you know, the 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 culture that the Bengals have built are helping them out with player signings and helping them out with forming this team and, and making these these team friendly deals in order for them to be able to compete for these championships. It's a beautiful thing to see. Exactly. All right, let's get some of the uh, comments here. Jeff Anderson said the Bengals are going to trade T Higgins. We need a D-line and O-line. I'm tired of people saying we need tons of wide receivers. Joe Burrow makes other wide receivers better like Tom Brady. And see, that's the thing is, we can keep T and we can get the offensive defense line with this draft. Now, Illuminari and and, and, and J.J. Pete brought this up on on Twitter. Illuminari and and Jenna Williams are probably the top two right or left tackles 
in free agency right now. So they they might get a bag there. So and that that does worry me because um, I don't really want to start a, a rookie right tackle. But with this draft, there's some pretty good rookie right tackles out there. And then I keep talking about Deontay uh, Sweat uh, from Texas. You get him in there or or. or uh, what is it, P- JPJ, P- PJP, whatever his name is, Texas A&M, get, get one of those two in the interior line. Right there, that's going to help. And you don't have to sign, like, the number one free agents. Like, when we signed Trey Henderson, he wasn't an upper-tier guy. Chibay Wuzio was an upper-tier guy. Uh, 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 Mike Hilton, these guys that we've signed that have all hit and been huge parts of our our, our run to the Super Bowl and AFC Championship game weren't upper-tier free agents. You know, they're like right. mid-tier guys. Ted Karras, Alex Cap, all these guys. And that's what I think the Bengals need to stick to is go get their guys. You know, go get what fits in their scheme. And obviously we fit under the cap. And then I still, I don't know about you, I still am drafting offense and defensive line in this draft because, honestly, it's loaded in this draft, to be honest. We, I think yeah. first, my my prediction, first three rounds is offensive, defensive line, first three rounds. That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so just to go back to your comments, I think – you know, with the Bengals offensively, defensively, you know, the wide receivers, I think the Bengals will, the Bengals always plan a year ahead, right? So T Higgins is probably going to be gone next year. They're probably tagging him this year. They're probably going to draft a wide receiver in the first three rounds. That's number one. Number two, I do think they work on the defensive line. The Bengals this year, even if they're at that 58 million cap mark, what you just said, in mm-hmm. 21, they had 42. When they right. signed Hendrickson, when they signed Ogunjobi, they signed all three corners to play Apple, Awuzier, Hilton. Okay. They signed all these guys with 42 million in cap space. We're talking 58 right now, Jeff. That Mm -hmm. means that they can go out and get those guys and then some, right? So they can go get a Sheldon Rankin. They can go get a Leonard Williams. They can go draft a defensive lineman and they can completely change the interior of that defensive line. Cause BJ Hill needs help. That quarter isn't going to get it done. He needs to be in the XFL this time next year. He needs to be. So they need to go get at least three guys in the interior defensive line, and I completely agree with that statement. Now, on the offensive line, it kind of worries me, the draft, right? Because mm-hmm. in the past couple of years, the Bengals have taken offensive linemen, and you're scratching your head in terms of the round and the consideration. You're like, that wasn't even one of the guys I had pegged for this round. <laughs> right, like, I need right. – if you're going to take a guy in the offensive line, and I hope the organization can hear me now and they hear me loud and clear – Dude, this is strawberry ice. It's piped into Mike Brown's office. Come on, you know. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. If you're gonna if you're gonna take a guy in the first round, and you're gonna take a guy in the second round, please let it be a guy that everyone, the consensus agrees, this guy is a first, second round talent. This guy is going to make an impact immediately. Too many times the Bengals in the past at offensive line have not done that, and they've gone with a consideration from Paul Alexander a consideration from Willie Anderson. I love you, Willie Anderson. I love you, Willie Anderson. But I love you, Willie Anderson, but it didn't work. <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need guys that are worthy of that first round, worthy of that second round selection when they're selecting offensive line. And on top of that, right, the Bengals can sign a veteran presence like a Trent Brown, like a Jermaine Yulmanor, like, you know, somebody that, that can really help out on that right tackle spot and compete with that guy in their first year. For that, uh, that's more likely. I think what's going to happen. A guy like Trent Brown, or you more. Yeah. That's what I think is more. I mean, I love getting Illuminor, but I didn't think about this. So James Rapine was kind of like, well, those are probably the top two, and I don't. If we're tagging T, which I think we're going to, that kind of you can't. You know, that takes some money away. And and but the thing is though, 
if it's first round pick, if we can get a really good right tackle, which I think we can in this draft, then yeah. you you sign a guy who could be that you know quote unquote placeholder or whatever. Uh, like Trent Brown, he's one. He's from the, the, he's from the Patriots, right? That, that's the way you're talking about. Patriots. Yeah. yeah so he Patriots so right if I'm right, he can play uh, tackle and guard. So that's the thing too is if you know the 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 rookie plays better at right tackle than he does, then he could push you know uh, Cordo Volson or somebody like that. You know, at, at, at guard. Either way, it's depth, and that's the other thing we need to get on this interior line, offensively and defense, defensively, is depth. Because your point about Zach Carter, I love the dude. I think I think he's a, he's a good guy, but he just has not worked out. We have not been able. And I said this on every show. We have not replaced Larry Ogunjobi since he left. BJ Hill and, and, and Dale made a good point yesterday that it's not less snaps. He just needs when he's when he's not in there. We need a guy who can actually create. Havoc and, and do something in there. And Zach Carter, unfortunately, has just not been it. And that yeah. that and, and and with with the injury of uh, DJ Reader, which I, I love DJ Reader. I I think they're gonna. I think they can sign him back. Unfortunately, it might be like vet minimum. You know, prove. I, I, I think deal. he could be back, Jeff. I think he could I, be I one of those could, interior defensive. But, but I love but it. I love I would it. Love to, love but it. You, but you don't know. I would love it too. But but you don't know when he's going to be ready. Right. And right. what week, version five, you're going to get six. him. Right, yeah, but right. that's the thing. And what version you're gonna get him? So you can't really count on him as you your. You can't rely on that. He's got to yes. be like icing on the cake. You know yes. what I mean? Like yes. he's got to be like. But it's gonna be like the Ogunjobi, uh yeah. when he signed with Steelers, right? It's gonna be late in free agency. Everybody's been signed. It's a team that needs veteran depth help right there, and can also help the young guy, the spry young man, uh, get better in his job. So I think that's that's the role that DJ Reader is going to play this year. But it's also a prove it deal on the back end of you know past week six. What can he bring to the defensive line to help us out? And the Bengals they would do well by by getting two three guys in free agency and getting a guy in the draft at defensive yeah, exactly. line. Uh, Rebecca had a question here, and maybe you can answer this better than I can. Uh, she said, "So how does the cap hit work if we trade him? I mean, if we if we tag T, we trade him. How does that cap hit work?" Yeah, so if we if we tag him, he's probably going to be at around that 21 million mark in terms of cap that you'll see come off that conservative 58 million. So you have around what is it, 37 million to play with uh, in terms of you know spending. And really, the Bengals like to take 10 on a rollover, so that's mm-hmm. going to be really 27. Right. I know the numbers they sound small, but the Bengals they'll work in how they how they want to create money in that aspect. Do they start looking at Joe Mixon? You know, how are they going to, do they start restructuring some contracts? Like a Sam Hubbard is one that I would take a look at. Um, so, so they'll make it work and they'll, they'll sign. This is going to be a mini rebuild where they're going to sign. They're going to sign four or five guys where you're going to be like, wow, this is yeah, going to make a real it's, big it's difference. Kind of like what we did in, in, in 2021, that, that season that we rolled it to the Super Bowl. So yeah. now uh, Jeff Anderson here, now, I don't, sorry, Jeff, Thanks for watching, but I don't agree with you. You said the D line is has to be the number one. Now, right tackle is number one. You gotta make sure you have that right tackle figured out to protect Joe. Joe's already taken enough hits as it is. We gotta solidify that right tackle. Then it's defensive line. But I do agree with your next your next comment is you know the the team you know look at the teams when they against the running game against yes I agree it was bad and that's where I'm saying is let's just look at it this way. Devontae Sweat is projected so far to be a second-round pick, and there's lots of mock drafts, take whatever, however you want to mock drafts, that he's there. And there's also guys in the third round and stuff. I mean, 
you got to remember this. The Bengals actually are really good at drafting interior defensive linemen. I mean, I know Zach Carter has not work, but I mean, you guys remember uh, uh, Gino? I got him, Gino Atkins. He got him in like what the fifth round. So I mean, mm-hmm. they they are better at I think drafting interior defensive linemen than they are offensive linemen. Either way, they've got to hit on these guys, no matter what they do in free agency, because of the depth. We need depth. We haven't had enough. I, I, I'm sorry, take, I broke take, the record. Take but. a look at what the Browns did two. So two years ago, the Browns were 31st in run defense overall. Right? What did they do last year? They signed Dalvin Thompson. They signed Maurice Hurst. They signed a couple of interior guys to to back them up, as well as they had Sione Takitaki from the draft. Okay? So they had all this interior depth where they were able to rotate guys in. That's what the Bengals need to do. And the Browns, this past year, they were top 10 in run defense. Mm -hmm. So that's what the Bengals need to do. That's what we had to do. They need to create. There's too much. This needs to be said. There's too much of a reliance right now on B.J. Hill, D.J. Mm-hmm. Reader. There's mm-hmm. too much of a reliance. They need to create a rotation, and that's what they'll do because that's what they did with the offensive line when they had all that money to spend. That's what they did with the corners when they had all that money to spend. You took, you took William Jackson and you created Mike Hilton, Chidobe Awuzie, and Eli Apple, right? You took, you took the, the money that you were going to use. Some, some people wanted Joe Tooney, and they took it and they got – Ted Karras, they got Alex Kappa, and they ended up getting Lael Crowell, right? Mm-hmm. That's what they need to do now to the yep. defensive line. Take 15 mil of what mm-hmm. you would take at one position, whoever that high player is going to be paid in the offseason, and create three players off of it. I mean, the thing That's is, that would, have been, that would have been DJ Reader if he hadn't gotten hurt. He would have went and got a, a bag, and I don't think that the Bengals would have paid him, which would have made me sad because I love DJ Reader. He, he's a great dude and a really good football player. But that's yeah. where, you know, good for Bengals fans and Bengals that, that it sucked that he got hurt. But, you know, as long as he comes back and he's fine, you can add to that and get guys in there for the amount of money you probably would have had to pay DJ. So that's where you can, that's where your big hit is. That's where it kind of freed up some money for the Bengals. You know, it's kind of like, I hate to say this, but it's kind of like when Joe Burrow got injured, you know, and tore his knee out. If he didn't do that, we would never got Jamar Chase. This is kind of, the same, kind of the same thing. DJ's going to come back. Like I said, I'm not sure. I, I think he's going to be fine, but you don't know that until he gets on the field to play. A quad is, I think it's the second time he's done this. Um, it's a quad's big, big thing, but he's done it before. He's come back and he's, he's been fine. So you, you get him on, on a one-year prove deal. You get, like you said, get a couple guys in there on, under the 15 million or whatever you, you would have paid DJ. And you can fix your defense a lot, plus the draft. I mean, it's it's there. I mean, then the next thing people are going to ask, well, what about the tight end? Like, Dalton Schultz. I, I, I'm going to toot that horn. I think you go out and you sign him. If you have Dalton Schultz, you have uh, uh, Trenton uh, – uh, not Trenton uh, – uh, Tanner Hutchin, and you have Drew Sample, there's your there's your tight end. Or sign somebody yeah. like like Schultz. There's going to be guys I, out there that you can get. Yeah, I think they'll look at Gasicki. I think they'll look at guys that can open up the seam, but mm-hmm. as well as potentially be blocking guys or guys that can that can help in, in the blocking game. So right, and I don't think I mean I don't think Schultz or any of these guys are going to be big money guys. I mean they could get money, but I don't, but you know the thing is like the 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 draw for coming here as a tight end. You know, everybody except Irv Smith <laughs> has come here and left and went a whole, made a whole bunch of money somewhere else. That's the draw to come to Cincinnati. Because, and I, I don't know about you, game one. I get sick and tired of people like, oh, well, Bengals they don't use a tight end. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, yes, they, they do. do, and they used it. 
They used it much more last year than they had the year prior. I think the target share actually went up by about 60% last year comparative to the prior year. And we saw, what did you see last year? You saw guys like Sample get involved. Wilcox on the back end. Mm -hmm. You saw Irv Smith. You saw Tanner Hudson. Tanner Hudson averaged five catches a game when he actually played. So I, I think there's a demand for a tight end. I, I don't know if the Bengals would be willing to, you know, outright pay like $9 million right. for a tight end or That's just go straight to the draft and, you know, get a guy that can really help out through and, yeah. and Tanner. I mean, Kit, but, I mean Kittle, Kittle was a, a late-round pick. You can find good tight ends. I mean, it's not a very oh, yeah. deep tight end class, but you can fi find guys you know, that, that, that can flourish in your system. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that they could dra draft someone. They, they just got to have a draft this year where they have impact, immediate impact players this year. Because yeah. I, I, you talk about that we need to uh, get a rotation with B.J. Hill and D.J. Reed and all these guys. We need to get a rotation with the H-Boys, Sam Hubbard and, and, and Erickson, they, uh, uh, Hendrickson. They got to get – Miles Murphy, I think, is going to have – I think he's going to be a big, big contributor this year. I'm still holding out hope that Joseph Osai gets back to the way he the form he had at the end of 2022 because yeah. he was coming on and I, this year it just didn't happen. I'm still and Luke kept saying he was hurt. I'm still holding out hope, and I think the Bengals are too that he can come back. And if you got that, then you got your your quote unquote NASCAR package that we've been wanting, where it's a rotation. That's the thing on defense line. If you keep rotating guys interior and outside, and then everybody and nobody ever gets tired. There's your defense right there. I mean, that's what the Chiefs did. That's what these, these teams with good defenses do. The other thing that needs to be said is uh, the communication on the back end at the safety position I think will be much better this year. I think that Jordan Battle will kind of feed right into, you know, that natural strong safety position. Hopefully the Bengals do away with Nick Scott and find a more formidable deep safety yeah. uh, that can help, that can help you know, one-two punch with him. Because I think Battle and, and Dax really do well at the line of scrimmage. It's the deep where they where they need they both need help. Battle didn't get enough games last year to be able to show us that. Right. And Dax, I mean, he, he there were times where he was lost, and I think it's just the complication of the Luanarumo system. They well, really the, need a veteran presence back there that that can really help out those two guys. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I look or your comment on my show, Paul. Painters said that a couple weeks ago when I started talking about Dax Hill and communication, and he reminded me that he's right that the first year of Jesse Bates and Bell in Lou's system wasn't that they weren't that great at it. They didn't no, become, Bell, Bell was Bell was terrible in coverage. Right, in the first year. Right, so I mean, very terrible. That, that's where I keep holding out hope. Like uh, this could come around, but I do agree with you that I don't, Nick Scott. I'm sorry, I don't think you're the guy. I think we need to go get another veteran presence in there, so you can have somebody in there to play. You know, to, to, to relieve these guys and, and do a three safety set sometime and hopefully get somebody to cover a tight end. That, that, would, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> I would like that. I would like that a lot. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, AWOL, yeah. Osai hasn't played great since the late hit. Yeah, which, what, you're right. He had an awful year this year. I, I mean, this is me kind of just. He played so good at the end of the season in 22 that I'm. Just shocked, and and Richard Skinner's been on here before, and Trax has been on here before, and they both told me the same thing. They kept asking Lou about, you know, where's Joseph? Why isn't he playing? And he said he's hurt. And one thing that uh, Jay Morrison told me, and I forgot about this, that 
Joseph was coming back from a so shoulder injury in the offseason, and then he hurt himself in preseason. So, it, it, so when Lou said he was hurt, I'm kind of going to take his word for it that he never fully got, you know, fully healthy, you know, for some reason. Yeah. You know, I mean, because if you're hurt, if you're still hurt, you're trying to play football, yeah, that's kind of a uh, not an easy way to, to, to mend your body. So I'm kind of taking Lou on his word of what he said, that he was hurt, and hopefully – He'll have a nice, healthy year, and he can actually make a difference this year. So that's yeah, where I'm at with this side. Cam, Cam was getting 20-plus snaps. Cam Sample mm -hmm. was getting 20-plus snaps uh, a game. And as the year progressed, Miles Murphy actually started to get 30-plus late in season. Right. So uh, when you look at Osai's numbers, they're 10 or less per game. Right. And, and, and there was no production out of those 10 or less snaps. Right. So I, I, you just got to take the coach at his word, and hopefully we see a little bit of a resurgence in in twenty twenty four. Having said that, though, Jeff, yeah, when has he been healthy? Other True. than the twenty two season, he's yeah. not been he's not been healthy. So can hey, he we really rely on that? Yeah, he missed his whole rookie year. So yeah, yeah. I don't um, know if we can rely on it. Yeah, I don't. I don't either. I mean, and, and it might be something that uh, might be somebody that they go out and they they sign. You know, I, you know, I don't know. I'm not. We're not going to go out and sign 20 guys, but you know, we signed five or six, like we did, you know, going into the 21 season, which we just talked about on the show that that's possible. You never know what's going to happen. So, I mean, it's it just, it just. Duke Tobin's got to do his due diligence and do what Duke does, and Duke, I think, does a really good job of going free agency and finding these guys who haven't been given the chance in the situation they're in now. Gets them here. And they, 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 they tend to flourish because every single one of them, I mean, we've only, since they've really gotten into free agency, I can only really think of two guys that they kind of missed on uh, with Nick Scott. And then uh, who is the the cornerback that they signed? Uh, oh, Trey Waynes. Yeah, Trey yeah. Waynes. They, they those are really the only two, if I'm, unless I'm missing somebody, that I can think of it that we've they've really missed on. Everybody else they've yeah. signed have been big contributors over the last, you know, four years that we've, Really, finally started signing free agents. So yeah, hundred percent. As far as that goes, that's where I think Duke's going to find these guys. He 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 seems to do it all the time. All right, let's see here. Uh, let's go to Dustin here. Uh, with these big contracts, it's time for the front office to either sink or swim. You can't deny how well the Chiefs have drafted. We need our front office to step up and knock it out of the park. You talk about the draft. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Is, is they got to have, and it's not that they drafted bad players. They're just not haven't been as impactful as the Chiefs rookies. I mean, their whole defense is freaking rookies and second-year guys, except for, you know, except for some guy named Jones in the middle of it. He's, he's pretty good. <laughs> you know, but that, that's that's where I'm like, we got to get, you know, impact players. And, and nothing against Miles Murphy, but he didn't really start making an impact till the last, what, month of the season or so? And he's really started coming on, but. Yeah, he had a sack here or there, like the Titans game. I think he had a sack early in the game, but obviously the run defense being what it is. But let me just say this, Jeff. I think a lot of people, when they look at the overall issues of the Bengals right now, so last year we were talking about running back pass blocking. That was the biggest right. thing, as well as explosiveness in the running game. And we were, we were told yards before contact was going to lead to better running and that the offensive line was so improved because of Orlando Brown now at left tackle that the running game was going to be so much better, and that yeah. was the big thing going into this past season, that nobody, nobody foresaw the fact that Bates and Vaughn gone was going to be a run defense disaster 
Well, we never thought team. both of them were gone. That was the thing. We thought Bell was going to come back. <laughs> That's we we absolutely thought Bell was going to come yeah. back. So, so now looking at it, probably this season, and this is just to be honest, every year you're going to have an issue where you're not foreseeing that issue right now because you're addressing other areas. And once the season starts, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's an issue. We need to, we need to go address that. So right. the, week, the team can only do so much as to what they see from prior year analytics. They can't really foresee what's going to happen next. But I expect, I would expect the communication on the back end but via those safeties and the linebackers to be a lot better. And if, if the Bengals are not putting Zach Carter out there, because they were running to his side oh, yeah. oh, every oh, yeah. single time. If they're not putting him out there and they have a formidable interior defensive lineman uh, there at three tech, I think it's going to be a lot better result in terms of the run defense. Now I like this comment, and I don't know if this will happen because I was hoping they would do this last year, but Johnny Pap says on uh, D-line talk, re-sign Reader and Larry O would be huge. I, yeah. I don't think Larry – We'll sign back here because he was the starter, and he's not BJ Hill. And that's just that's just me. That's the reason I don't think Larry's yeah. coming back here. I would love yeah. it, but good. Yeah, if you if you recall, Larry got a three year, twenty eight million dollar deal. I think at the end of last season. So I think he signed on with the Steelers for the next two years. Oh, did he? Okay, I know he re-signed with him. I, I didn't know it was three. I thought it was maybe another one-year deal. Yeah, yeah. I, I even said, okay, why is he being paid so much money? But that actually, the pass rush ability came back this past season. He was much better in that area. The prior year, he was much. He was a really good run defender, but not a great pass rusher. They right. ended up extending him. So he's, right. not, okay. he's not available. All right, well, there you go. Uh, let's see here. AWOL. Uh, Got to pay T, and that's all respect to... Evans, you have me. I think he meant Mike Boyd. Evans. Yeah, I, I think he ta- typed in Boyd here. And now one thing, I, I, Bengals captain's on here every Monday with me, and he's the only one saying this, uh, but he thinks Tyler Boyd's coming back. He thinks Tyler Boyd wants to be here. Man. I, I, I mean, if the money's right, you know they'll bring him back. But this is honestly his. I think his last shot to get as much money as he can, because yep. he's on on the other get on the other side of thirty. Um, right. so, but him and T and Chase are boys. So, I mean, I mean they could go on vacation in Cabo, you know, anytime they want, <laughs> you know, if they're on the same team or not. I, I mean, I, I, I hope he's right. Cause we don't really have anybody, uh, to, to, to take over the slot. I mean, I, I like Trenton Irwin. I think he, yeah. he would be good. I don't, he's not going to do the, he's different than what Tyler Boyd is, but I don't know what's your thought. You think, you think I should get uh, Tyler Boyd back? Uh, I don't. I don't think it's in the cards. I think the Bengals kind of showed their hand with Vaughn. Uh, it's just the. It's the thirty mark, man. The Bengals yeah. mm-hmm. are unwilling, at certain positions, to pay players after thirty years old. They think they right. roll off a little bit. And one of the things, and I just want to be honest here, that the Bengals kind of lack that other teams don't is the speed element at the receiver position. Yeah. Like that. That. That absolute explosiveness, and I think that's something that they have in Charlie. They, yeah. they had mentioned I, look, last year the future was Charlie at the slot position. I expect them to draft a wide receiver and for him to be able to play inside and out um, this season. I don't know if they'll, if they'll start over Charlie, but I think that Charlie ha- has, um, has wowed the team in certain aspects that this season it's really his job to take. Yeah, and I, I, 
not that I soured on Charlie, but but uh, my buddy uh, Joe Farsian comes on here with me sometimes. He, he does the Bengals show on the, the riverfront. He soured on, on on Charlie Jones. He doesn't think he's he's all that. I'm like, he don't think he's seen enough. I'm like, dude, the 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 explosive explosiveness that I saw from him when yeah. it was out there, it's it's elite. Now. He wasn't healthy last year, which I think a lot of a lot of his problem. Which I mean, we can say that was how many Bengals last year that we weren't healthy. You know, and that was the biggest reason I think we didn't make the playoffs this year is health. So I'm with you on that, and you can do a combination of of, of Chuck Sizzle and, and Trenton. That you know, that could be your 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 combination slot guy. And, and I agree with you. I think I do think they're going to draft somebody because this wide receiver class is loaded. They're, they can get somebody. You know, in the fourth, fifth round, I think that could be uh, actually a uh, pretty good impact for him. For yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they grabbed a Xavier Leggett or a Troy Franklin that mirrors a, a T. Higgins, you know, on the outside, um, but also has the, the speed element to be able to play in the slot, like has the ability to play in the slot, right? Both guys kind of that tall, slender, but have that extra right. speed element that maybe you don't get so much out of a T. Higgins. And the Bengals can kind of progress in that area. And don't sleep on Yoshivash, man. I mean, I'm not saying he can play slot, but hey, I I wouldn't put it past it. That dude, that dude can run a run a route tree. And I will give it to you, man. I will give it to you. Cause we were on uh, Ace and Zim show last year, and I'm like, I think he's gonna be a you know practice squad guy. And you're like, oh no, Jeff, he's an elite runner. He can run a route tree. You're getting all fired up about him. I'm like, all right, well, you know more about him than I do, and you did. He. <laughs> He was actually really good, and I, I think he can he can uh, improve even more this year. So I mean, that's, that's the thing is they drafted those two. I don't think they drafted them because they thought T was going to leave. I think they drafted them because they thought Tyler was going to leave. That, that's where I'm like, I don't see, I don't know if Cap's right. I don't see Tyler coming back. Um, but that's the reason they have those two, along with I'm yeah. hoping, hoping they bring back Trenton, which I, I think they will. But you know, that's that's where I think it's more be uh, uh, the the slot might be a, a guy uh, by committee, you know. Couple yeah. different guys, and dude, this Chris Evans. This is what I, he could do, but I, that's, I, I would have stopped banging the drum for him. I, I, I don't know. That one drives me nuts, dude. I, I still don't know why that dude can't get on the field. But now we got Chase, and Chase feels like lightning in a bottle. He feel, yeah. it feels, it feels like he's going to be this explosive, wonderful back, and hopefully he gets his carries, and they do a little bit more split skis between him and Mixon this year, or. If they end up, you know, drafting a Trey Benson or a or um, a Braylon Allen from Wisconsin, right. two guys yeah. that have a have a, a a mold. This is what you have to pay attention to, people. When we're talking draft, you have to pay attention to actual mold of player, right? Mixing six one, two thirty, uh, two twenty five. Braylon Allen is, I, I think he's six two, two forty. Uh, Trey Benson, those guys, they fit that mold, right? So that's like, those are guys that I could see the Bengals replacing that thunder of mixing with uh, moving forward. Exactly. And, and all you know, yeah, I, I just let my dog out before the show started. He, he's barking at an umbrella or somebody going, <laughs> he's trying to attack somebody. He wants to attack somebody that's walking by, by the ISIS house. <laughs> hey, hey, on the, on, the, on the Yoshi piece, right? Yeah. I think the yeah. Bengals, what they wanted to get out of Yoshi uh, which is what kind of like what I was alluding to last offseason was a guy who could play gunner, but also a guy who could block outside. Like he's a big yeah. dude. He should be able to block outside, kind of filled that Stanley Morgan role to perfection. And what did I say to you? I said, 
I'm tired of having a receiver out there that adds nothing to the offense when the other two are off the field. I'm tired of the Mike Thomases and I'm tired of the Stanley Morgans. We need somebody out there who can be dynamic. Surely enough, this guy is super dynamic. He does need to work on the perfection of his routes. He does need to work on, you know, timing of how he catches the football and, you know, how, how he approaches some of his toe tapping techniques and, and things like that. But he is a work in progress and he's only going to get better in those areas while perfecting that speed. And the other thing, Jeff, is they didn't really target him on no. some of those deep routes. No, I they really want to see open. him. He was open I really some want of those. to see him get the ball on those deep routes, Jeff. It's, it's driving me insane that we saw him break free wide open and there's no throw there. Yeah. Burrow and Browning have to be seeing that on, on tape and saying, man, we got to get this guy deep. Now, one thing about, about Jackpot here, and uh, some people brought this up that, that, you know, they're hoping he'll fully recover from his wrist injury. With that dude, I'm not worried about it. He came back from a completely reconstructed, reconstructed knee. I think he's going to be pretty fine. He's already got the brace off. Sounds like he's going to be throwing here. I, I mean, I said when the injury happened, he'll be throwing by, by uh, minicamp. <laughs> you know, I, I, he, he might be throwing here in the next couple of weeks. And that dude is, is – he wants somebody who's all in. That's Joe Burrow. Jackpot Joey is all in. He's going to do whatever he has to do. It's like our boy Zim said. He's a psychopath. He means that in a good way, but he's a freaking psychopath when it comes to football. He's going to do whatever he has to do to get himself on the field and get ready to play and do whatever he has to do to beat you. And I think with him sitting and watching Jake Browning, I think he gave him a different perspective of, of – what he what he could do, you know, what Jake mm-hmm. did. So they take some of that stuff that Jake did and put it in with 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 Burrow because game on the best offense the Bengals had, I was against the Sucky Niners. They never knew if we were running the ball, passing the ball. They didn't know a damn thing. And I yeah. once I saw that Burrow was under center a lot. I'm like, oh dude, it's on. And then never really saw that as much when even Burrow was in there. And I'm kind of like. Where did that go? I was, I'm a huge Zach Taylor fan, but I'm kind of like, go back to that. I'm hoping we'll see that a little bit more this this, this year. You don't want to know my opinion on this, but you're going to get it anyway. My right. opinion on this is when Burrow Well, it's an opinion healthy, show here, so you're, you're allowed to give your opinion. <laughs> when Burrow is healthy, the Bengals rely too much on the eliteness of Burrow throughout the game plan versus yeah. making it easier on Joe to be able to decipher, to make decisions, to – the whole line of scrimmage uh, uh, play calling where they incorporated Chase, uh, Chase Brown into it and they were able to incorporate a lot of screen game late in season in order to help out some of those, those deep shots that Browning was taking to T. Higgins, to Jamar Chase, etc. right? That's something that they need to incorporate with Burrow. We need to see a lot more screen game out of those running backs in order to alleviate some of the, some of the pressure that Burrow is feeling from this defensive line, and that will in turn help Burrow. The way that I feel about it is the eliteness of Burrow should come when the game is on the line. The eliteness yes. of Burrow should show and should manufacture itself when you need him to step up and make big plays, right? But you need I mean, I had to said, that's That's what the Chiefs did in the Super Bowl. That's exactly yeah. what they did. Yeah. yeah sorry. And even, even that final throw was the easiest. That was an it, was, it was wide open. That was the easiest yeah. throw you could make. So, so you, right. you chalk that up to scheme, you chalk that up to play calling, right? And so one of the things that Zach Taylor needs to take, which you said so eloquently, during the, during the Jake Browning experiment, 
is that under center play action and then a lot of that screen game off of that in order to open up those deep shots with Burrow next season. Yeah, exactly. And, and I, I, I really – I think they're going to because I do agree with what you're saying. And you give him easier plays, quick hits, stuff like that, he's going to get hit less too, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And that's the thing is we've got to get him to stop getting hit. And people keep saying it's the offensive line, it's the offensive line. I love Joe. Joe hangs onto the ball too long sometimes. He needs to get rid of the ball sometimes. There's times it's, it's you know where he has this philosophy like oh it's third down you know I get sacked it's okay I'd rather do that than turn the ball over. No, get rid of the ball. Don't get hit. You've gotten hit enough times. Get rid of the ball. You know throw it away. Throw it in the dirt. Throw it somewhere. You know don't throw it to the other team obviously. But you know that those are the things that I, I'm hoping Joe gets out of his head because I mean. Yes, I think both these season-ending ending injuries are flukish, but the less hits you take, the less chances you have of having these fluky injuries. Right. So that's right. where I'm, I'm hoping that Joe's learning from this. You're like, you don't want to keep having the rehab. Quit getting, you know, get rid of the damn ball, you know? Yeah, I think he's going to change his philosophy in terms of how he approaches going for the extra yardage and how he approaches holding on to the football moving forward. I right. think that's something he's absolutely going to consider because the team's going to take this to him. And they're going to say, Hey Joe, like we, there's some things we need to do a little bit extra. Maybe samples out there a lot more at the running back position on those third Dude, downs versus I, the running back. Maybe he's exclusively out there. Yeah. I didn't mind that at all. And actually, I mean, no. I can't give it to Drew. He, he, he makes some plays. I mean, I would, then, I, he's not a number one guy, but he does good at what he, what he does good. And he, he added catchability this year and run after the catch, which I don't think he had at all. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 got some athleticism to him. It's kind of it's kind of muffled by the fact that he's kind of unorthodox in the way that he plays. <laughs> but uh, but you know, look, the Bengals. One of the things they perfected this past season was a lot of the a lot of the delay, the delay routes mm-hmm. where they would they would put a player. And in, in, in a blocking stance and then wait for the corner or the safety to make a motion and then push that player to a route. And so once the, the safety, if he pushes back, that, that, um, that running back that is really a tight end is now running a route. He's running just a flat route so that now he's wide open because the safety right. is committed. His back is turned, right? right. Or right. if Tyler Boyd is running an in and Jamar Chase is running an out, Tyler Boyd, he's going to sit. He's going to wait for that corner to commit to Jamar. And now you've got somebody wide open on the inside. That's something the Bengals have perfected. I expect them to continue that into next season, those delayed routes. Exactly. Hey, uh, <clears throat> support job's got a message for you. He calls you game in instead of game on. But he said, if you're going through a drive-thru, give me some nuggies. <laughs> <laughs> I do have to go through the drive-thru, but it's probably Skyline for me, my friend. Yeah! Baby, that's right. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, and go get some Midwest Best Barbecue if you haven't tried tried that. They're they are delicious. You, you, you know, you know, Ace and Zimmer are all about them. So so am I. They're they are oh, yeah. freaking Midwest awesome. Best. Exactly. Hey, all right. So we uh, you brought up this earlier in the in the show, uh, running back <clears throat> and our running game in general. <clears throat> and what I've said is, yeah, everybody keeps saying you got to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. Which you're right, you do. With this offense, it's not just running the ball; it's more explosive plays running the ball. And I love Joe Mixon. Zim's going to get mad at me, but I love Joe Mixon. But his explosiveness isn't there. And I know he got 1,000 yards. You know, he got that a lot because the Brown, we were playing the Browns' second-string team. But he still got it. 
Chase Brown with that 22-mile-an-hour screen, that is what we need. And I'm not saying Chase Brown is going to overtake Joe Mixon. I think we need to add another running back to that room like Chase Brown and have him, Mixon, and, and, and whoever the, the rookie is to get those explosive plays. What's your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that I think the team absolutely needs to consider. Uh, probably doing away with Chris Stevens. You know, yeah, it, it just, they're not it playing him anyway. <laughs> it didn't work out here. You're inactive. We need a guy who can contribute, somebody that can add to this running back by committee. Look, this this pairing of Joe Mixon and and Chase Brown reminds me of Brandon Jacobs, Ahmad Bradshaw, Thunder right, and right. Lightning. Okay, yep. Yep. that's what I think the Bengals are trying to bring to this, but with some explosiveness that can lead to one yard touchdown runs by that by that Thunder. Right, the Lightning is going to get you there. The Thunder is going right. to push you in. And so when they go <laughs> to the draft and they look for this next guy. I expect them to be a complimentary back to Chase Brown and similar to Joe Mixon's style of play. And so I expect us to draft a Thunder guy that can complement Chase Brown in this draft. And there's, there's plenty of guys to be looking at, you know, that fit that mold. Um, it's just whether the Bengals going to pull the trigger. The Bengals have always operated in the aspect of, hey, we're going to fill all of our needs in free agency. We're going to go to the draft with a clean slate. And the guy that impresses us the most is the guy at the top of our board. That's the guy we're going to take regardless of position. We're not going to pay attention to any of that. So I think that's what the Bengals do. If they feel like there's a running back there that has a high A grade that's there in the second or the third round, I expect them to pull the trigger on him. I agree to that with that to a certain extent. We need so much depth on the, the the line. That's where I'm like, yeah, I get what you're saying, but we got to have depth on the offense and, and defense. Like, even if you sign guys that are free agent starters, we got to yeah. have depth. So if yes, sign, I agree with you. But, if you sign, if you sign Sheldon Rankins, you sign yeah. Leonard Williams, and then you sign DJ Reader, he agrees to come back. Those three yeah. guys, if they get signed in the off season. You're you're yeah. like oh well we'll screw well, the defensive tackle. <laughs> right, right, right. If they do that, yes, uh, yes, yeah. Uh, if they, uh, I still want a right tackle though. <laughs> you'll probably still draft a defensive tackle, right? You'll probably still draft one, but you're also thinking about like all the other things that can help improve our team. Uh, one of the things that I that that needs to be brought up, right? When Detroit drafted last year, everybody gave them kind of a, a C grade because Jameer Gibbs went first, and they were like, oh, I don't know about that. And then, oh, you know, uh, Jack, Jack, uh, the linebacker from from uh, from Iowa. I can't remember yes. his name. Right. You're asking me. I, I forget people's names. Yeah, there Jack, you go. Jack Campbell. Jack Campbell, right? Jack Campbell yep. uh, was drafted, and then they drafted Sam Laporta, right? Mm -hmm. These were the three guys that they drafted. Uh, Two of those guys, they, I want. I want the Bengals to draft. <laughs> yeah, and people, people were like, "Well, why would you take the linebacker? Why would you take the?" Sam Laporta is one of the best tight ends in the league already, right? Jameer Gibbs was huge, huge in that NFC Championship game, and if not for the fumble, I mean, and if not for the drop, the drop first down, which could have led to a three-score lead, we could be talking about the Detroit Lions as the Super Bowl champion and yep. a rematch of Week One between the Lions and the Chiefs. Yep. So, I mean, that's...
speed element, that extra impact is something that the Bengals desperately need to lean into. And exactly. when people say that this player doesn't deserve this draft position, I'm saying if the Bengals feel like this person is a home run hitter and it's going to improve the offense in such a dramatic fashion, draft him. Draft. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I need, I need a cut of that. Draft him. <laughs> draft him. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Game On, you've been on for an hour. I appreciate it. Uh, we didn't get to Reds talk. What, 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 real quick, what's your, what's your thoughts on the Reds? We're going to win to Central? The, the, Reds, the Reds will make the playoffs if Lodolo, Green, and Ashcraft stay healthy. Those mm-hmm. three guys, that, that is so imperative. Those three guys, they have to stay healthy. They've now got the bullpen. They've now got the middle rotation. They've got a guy in Nick Martinez that can step in if they need him. They've got the hitters. They now signed Jaime Candelario, who's great. If you if you didn't know this, runners in scoring position over 357 batting average, similar to Jake Fraley. I love that signing. A lot of people are down on it. I like this guy a lot. Um, and then you re-sign Jonathan India. Gone are the days when Stu Fairchild is batting in 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 the fucking eighth or ninth. Thank inning. God. Gone are the days <laughs> when we have to rely on Kevin Newman and Nick Senzel against right-handed pitchers. We finally have a formidable bench that we can rely on late in game, and somebody that can come in and give us meaningful hits. Let's and go. And some other guys there. So. Dude, I, 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 I'm so happy that I don't have to see Kevin Newman leading off. That used to, oh, that pissed me off so many times last year. I'm like, does he have naked pictures of you, David? Why are you playing him and you're leading him off? <laughs> like, I don't understand that. I'm like, oh, my God. It was at, just, least, uh, at least now we'll feel good about the platoons that David Bell is putting out there. <laughs> and we can kind of get on board with the talent and say, all right, well, this guy can give us a hit any given night. And the one thing that I found last year in that lineup is when they're all healthy, when they're all healthy, Jeff, oh, that's yeah. a dangerous line. There's oh, not dude. a weakness. There's the, not a weakness in that lineup. Not the, one. The, only, the only thing that I would say is a concern is, is what I'm looking for is consistency from Ellie. That's the thing we got to yeah. get along with the pitchers, like you said. If we And I've said that last year. I, I said at the beginning of last year, we're, it, it's going to depend on how our four – now four young pitchers, counting Abbott, in there go if they can stay healthy and and pitch good. And I had Graham Ashcraft on, on the show here uh, twice, and he seems nice and healthy, chopping at the bit, ready to go. I think I think Graham's going to have a really good season. Now I might be a little biased because yeah. I kind of have a relationship with him now, but I think he's going to have a really good season. Hunter Green is the one for me who he's got to figure out, you know, a changeup, changing speeds, do something. He's got to be able to keep the guys off balance. He can't throw it 105 every single time unless he. Unless he's pinpoint, which he hasn't been, so that's the other thing with that. And dude, honestly, I I think we, it's we got a shot of winning win this 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 division for sure. I mean, can, I, can I, I give been... you a hot take. I need to give you a hot take. Yeah, give me a hot take. I love this kid, and, and you know what? Kill me if you want to. Matt McClain is a future stud. This kid is going to be in the MVP race this year. He will be this year. People will be like, holy crap, how can you say that? Matt McClain, one of the best in doubles late in season. best One of the best batting averages late in season. This kid was unreal to me. He is the key. Yep. He is the key piece 
that we lost and the reason why we didn't make the playoffs late in the season. When we lost McClain, it all went to shit. He is the real deal. I expect him to have a really big season, Jeff. Matty Bats is the man. That's my nickname for him. I call him Matty Bats. Another one. Matty Bats. Another one that, that I think is going to be, uh, well, he's going to be, I predict he's working the year is Novia Marte. I think he's still on a hitting streak. I, I don't think he lost it at the end of the season. I think it was like a 15 or 16 game hitting streak. That dude, and, and, and people, like, that, that dude, I just put him at third base and leave him alone. He plays great. <laughs> he plays gold glove third base. He's a line drive contact hitter. The power is starting to come. It's going. It, you square a ball up right, it's going to go out. You don't have to have, you know, launch angle helps. Just hit the damn ball, especially GABP. He's going to have 20, 25 home runs. He's going to get hit around 30, yeah. th- around 300. He's going to have 50, 60, maybe 70 RBIs. That dude, that's, that for me is, is uh, him and Matt, Matty Bats are the two that I think are going to be the most consistent and, and the, the, the core, the solid guys that you can count on day in, day out on, on that team. You know, and, and, and Ellie, if he can get somewhat close to that to be consistent, Dude, and, and you got then you got CES. If you get him out there, if, yeah, he, if, he's, playing, you got, if he's playing first base or there's some talk of putting him out in right field, which I, 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 from what I've heard, he's not a very good outfitter. But if you get his bat in there, dude, he can hit. 30. I think he can hit thirty. Don't don't I, forget I, don't forget about Jake Fraley now. Jake, Jake Fraley, Fraley batted Will, over four hundred with runners in scoring position last year. Rake Fraley was incredible. Will, Will Benton. Will, Will, Will be bad. Yep. Yep. I mean, again, the kids started, what, all in 16 at the start of the season, maybe even all in 21 at the start of the season, went down to AAA, came back up and played like a top five player the rest of the season, batting ninth of all things. Exactly. This kid it could be unreal if he plays exactly. every day. Dude, it, it, it's it's scary, excited how this, this team could be, how, how good this team could. And, and the, th- the thing is, you have to worry about this because it's a legit thing. Is a sophomore slump. That is a legit yeah. thing that that does happen, and but with with Matt Matt McLean, I don't think that's going to happen. With with uh, uh, Novi Marte, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, CES maybe, and, and and Ellie maybe. Those are the ones. But if they can get, they can get consistent. I, I just oh my god, I'm just like I get so excited. If they could play how the potential that I think they could play. We can run away with this thing. And if our all four of our pitchers, now I'll, I'm dating myself here, but I remember when the Atlanta Braves started, they had Smoltz, Glavin, and Avery yeah, before they had man. Maddox. 96. That was their three. That was their 96. three. And then, and then they got then they had Maddox. Uh, we have the potential of doing the same thing. That's that's what the talent is there with the Reds. Will it happen? I don't know. I've thrown that out there. People are like, oh, we were talking about you know, three Hall of Famers. I'm not saying. That's definitely going to happen. I'm saying there's a chance that that could happen. They had that kind of talent that this could be that way. If you have them, Marte, Ellie, Matty Bats, CES, Fraley, Willie B. Bad, TJ Friedel, and Tyler Stevenson. Friedel. Yeah, Tyler Stevenson is going to come back. He's going to have a better year this year. I, I really either. Yeah, lead back catcher. I, I he's going to be healthy. I, and then, and then don't forget Maley. I mean, Maley yeah. put in a solid as a backup When was the last time we had a backup catcher that great? Right, right. I, it's just, uh, dude, it's, it's, well. But but I agree with it. Look, look, excited. what that guy just said, I mean, I, I agree. Ellie does need some seasoning, right? He might be the odd man out. He might be the odd man out, right? 
he, he might be the guy that has to spend some time in AAA. He's so electric, though, I think the, the Reds want him in that lineup just for the speed alone and what he brings to the defense as well as the offensive side when he gets on base. Well, that, for that me, is some, It's like you can do with the 220 as long as you get on base, right? Well, Right, exactly. you got to get on base, especially with his speed. Well, the reports and stuff that I've read – that he's working, uh, changing his swing, trying to be more more selective. Because I mean, dude, he's six six. I mean, his yeah. strike zone is this freaking big. Right. So I mean, that that that's his biggest problem. Is and, and that's his problem, and that's the umpire's problem too. Because that's not a normal strike zone. You know, to try to figure out what an actual strike is for him. Because he got some that are down by his ankles, and they're calling strikes. I'm like, dude, that is not a strike. You know, so so that that's the thing where he's going to have to learn each umpire and learn the strikes. And if it ain't like instead of from here to here, if it's not like here, don't swing at it. You know, that's that's the thing that, that I think Ellie is is working on. And just just from you know reports from the Dominican and all that stuff that you know, and everybody's going to you know do uh, you know rainbows and, and butterflies and all that stuff. And, you know, saying he's going to get better, which I hope he does because if he does. Like, yeah. dude, if, game on. If he does, I mean, he literally could be the best player in baseball. Literally, he he could he he could definitely be up there. I mean, yeah. him. When, there was a point in the season where I was like, I don't know who's better, Ellie or McLean. Like, they're both right. incredible guys. And the thing is, dude, like dude, we said all this. We forgot about Spencer Steer. <laughs> Spencer, Spencer Steer might be the most. Yeah, versus oh he's gonna be our, our left our left fielder, you know, for the most part this year. But I mean, he. I mean, he was the. The first, you know, he was the rookie last year at the start of the season. I mean, he started out in his best position, he says, second base. So, I mean, he can literally play third, second, first, and, and left and right field. I mean, it's it, it is absolutely, utterly next ridiculous the talent years, we have on this team. Next five years, Jeff. Next five Dude. years, man. We got, we got all but, these guys locked in for the next five years with ARBs included. These guys are going to be around, and it's a fun time to be in Cincinnati. It'll be interesting to see who they lock up. Hopefully it's McLean. Hopefully it's Ellie. Hopefully it's these guys that are the core pieces. The guys that you lock them up now. Need. Right. Sign them now. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully they lock them up. But I mean, for the next five years, we got great baseball in Cincinnati. And hopefully Amazon Prime delivers it to me because I'm running out on the whole cable thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't know what's going on with Bally's because people, people are asking me like, what do you know what's going on with Bowser? I don't know anything. I have I have no clue. I, I talked to I Chris Welch, and he didn't even know. <laughs> I think Amazon might be buying. What? I heard that, but I don't know if they're – I heard something weird that they might not be buying all of them or something yeah, weird like that. I, 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 I don't know. I, I I don't know. It's it, it's weird. It, it's 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 I don't know. It's baseball. Best it's, time to be a Reds fan right now. It's only twenty tickets to go to James right now, Jeff. So I mean, people, get your tickets. Get to the Reds games. When you can, this is probably the best team we're going to see in the next, what, 20, 30 years? Probably. I mean, this it is all set up. This is like the Cubs when they had, you know, all of those wonderful players together. They had Rizzo, they had Baez, they had Contreras, they had all these guys, right? Or Houston, and right now, how Houston is formed right now, the Reds mm -hmm. have done it the right way. Kudos to Nick Kroll. It's only going to get better. Get your ass to the ballpark if you haven't done it yet. Yeah, because the cool thing, the even better thing is, our la like our last run was 2010 to 2013, then it was over. Well, this one, even if we don't sign everybody, <laughs> we still got oh, talent. And we still got talent in the minor leagues in I mean, double yeah, A. They're coming up. <laughs> Cam Collier, Edwin Arroyo, 
yeah. Austin Hendrick. I mean, you yeah. keep you keep naming guys right. who are still in like, the top seven. And we didn't train any of them. We still have them. <laughs> we didn't so. train any of them, and I don't think we will, man. I, I think the Reds well, are going to stand pat on that. I, I can, if we're in the race, we might trade somebody to try to get you know the extra little veteran pitcher or somebody. Maybe, you know, a little, maybe a little, maybe a little, maybe sprinkle, little yeah, sprinkle, little, little sprinkle, sprinkle, drip, drip. You know, shout out to Tony Pike there in Austin, Elmore. All right, brother. All right, you've been up for an hour and eleven minutes. It's getting dark there. People are like, "Who the hell are you talking yeah, to yeah, on, where, the, on the car?" Where, where's this guy at? Where's this guy? <laughs> hey, hey, people. Just so you know, this is the only way I could escape my kids. This is the only way I could do this show. Saying last time I was on with you, Jeff. I know you felt it. I know you heard it. You left. I was dealing with a lot at home. So. You were. You had to be here with you today in my car, whether light or dark, hey. day or night. I'm here. I'll take I'll take it, man. Hey, plug some stuff before I let you go, man. Man, we're on we're on Twitter on Spaces, man. If you don't know what those are, it's that little purple box up at the top of your. They are literally on all day long. <laughs> they're, they're on they're on all day long. I'm not on all day long. My job is really demanding right now, but I I am there when I can be. And so, if you want to listen to comments like this, in feelings and passion and emotion, that's where that's where it all is right now. The spaces is a place you need to be. And then also, Chatterbox Bengals, if you haven't checked them out last year, that's a show that we do. We get on about the fourth quarter. We go through the actual live game recap, as well as, you know, we do that little play-by-play here and there, and we talk about plays and stuff. It's beautiful. Yeah, you, you uh, uh, Pancake, have you, did you ever call him Pancake on the, on the show, Pancake Parker? That, that, oh, Pancake. Nickname. No, yeah. no, pan- not yeah. Pancake Parker. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's my nickname I gave to him. He's Pancake Parker. He's an offensive lineman. So he's Pancake it. Parker. And then you got just it's just, just Eric, too. So go check those guys out. Right. You guys got to have some stuff in the offseason, too, here coming up, right? Yeah, we got some stuff coming up. Obviously, we're going to do a little bit on the draft. We're going to do a little bit on Bengals' offseason needs. Definitely come check us out. Uh, it's a great time. A lot of different opinions. But, again, passionate conversations about our Cincinnati Bengals. Exactly. This is a great time to be a Cincinnati sports fan in general. Game on. I appreciate it, brother. I'll get you on again sometime soon. Yes, sir. Take care. Who, Have a good one, brother. Who day? Who day? I cut him off for his fish saying who day. <laughs> My bad. Anyway, guys, go check out Game On. Like, dude, all right. So, what you just saw there, that's him all day long. Like, me and him could call each other and we're going, hey! Because <laughs> we both get each other fired up about about the Bengals, about the Reds. So, but you guys go listen to some cool stuff. Go check them out on Spaces. Uh, I've been on Spaces a couple times. I I don't have time to sit there and, and do it. I wish I did, or I would I would do it, but I, I don't have the time. But anyway, go check them out. Now, I don't know if I plugged. I don't think I plugged this. If, if you're wondering, I didn't do all the plugs that I normally do because we got new graphics here where things just popping up behind me. Midwest Best, uh, T Properties, Jackpot Joey. So. Make sure you guys check all that out. Plus, we have a giveaway we're doing that I talked about yesterday. Now, ZTV is giving away this Joey autographed Joey Votto jersey. All you have to do is go like their post on Instagram, tag three friends, subscribe to ZTV online, subscribe to my show. Um, they're going to be giving it away on their Instagram, live on there. So I think it's March 1st is when they're going to do that. So you got time. So tag, go go like it, and go tag three people on ZTV on Instagram. 
All right, now you guys have a wonderful day. Um, tomorrow, I looked at this earlier and I already forgot who I got on tomorrow. Tomorrow, I got a. Yes, I have John the Brain Sheard is going to be on tomorrow. So we have some more cool Bengals talk. I wanted to do a little bit more Reds talk, but we just kept going on about the Bengals. And, you know, I mean, gosh, I could have probably talked for another hour with, with, with Game On and talking Reds. So <laughs> it was. It was it was a good show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, thanks for watching. Make sure you hit those uh, likes and subscribe. Smash that thumbs up. I've been uh, live streaming on ZTV online, YouTube, Facebook, X, Rumble. And if you're listening on the podcast, how you doing? It's on Beepod, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you rate, like, and review. Leave a comment and five-star review. So more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. You can follow me on all those, along with Instagram, Threads, and TikTok. Other than that, you guys have a wonderful day. Ready? Throw it up. Reds are winning the World Series. And that's just sports, baby. See ya!